Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. 2023 is a great year. Uh, and God's done to do amazing things. I, I honestly believe he is. There's miracles in this place as I've been praying for 23, but even this morning as we're worshipping, one of the things that God just impressed on my heart was maybe you've been waiting for a miracle. And, and you know, you're going, well, God, when is my miracle? Uh, and I really want to encourage you to 23 to, to step up and believe again. Uh, I like goals. I think goals are scriptural. Um, I, I think we should write goals down. I think it's something we should do. Habakkuk 2.2 says this. It says, Then the Lord answered to me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain on tablets, that he, he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for appointed time, but it, in the end it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright him, because the just shall live by his faith. I think it's really important that we mix faith with goals. So we write it down so we see it and we can do it. Now, my problem is I, I write, Moira and I have lists and I've got lists of things I've got to do. <coughs> but if it's just a list without a date, it doesn't get done to the frustration of my wife. Because I've got lots of lists, haven't I, darling? Moira told me last week, we've got all these lists. But if they haven't got a date on them, and I really want to encourage you when you write your goals down this year to write SMART goals. You'll see a, a little thing come up about it. That SMART stands specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound. And that's really good for me because if it's not got time-bound, it doesn't get done because there's a whole pile of other priorities that come around my life. So I really want to encourage you around it this year. But I'd love you to add the dynamic of faith to your goals because too often we just write a goal down or a New Year's resolution and that's what we write and we set and forget and that's the problem is we forget. And I want to remind you those who filled out your expansion list this year and your 2C9 lists in year gone by to pull them out, shake the dust off and have them in front of you what you're believing for. Mix some faith with what you've written down. Because God seems to answer it. Though it may tarry, it'll surely come to pass. When we mix something called faith with it, too often we don't mix our faith. We just put an opinion down or a good idea or a New Year's resolution. My son was at the gym this week. He put an Instagram post up and he was, he's a fitness freak. And uh, he was at the gym and there was no one else there. He said, I guess everyone's waiting to January 1st. Because the gym was totally empty. Here he was sitting on his bike. But I gather this morning it's going to be full. I don't know if you noticed this morning as you drove to church, there was a lot of people exercising. You'll <coughs> be interested to see what happens later in the week, won't it? Mark eleven twenty two says this. And Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you really must believe it will happen. Have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe you've received it, it will be yours. It's really important when we write our goals to mix faith. But I like the next part of the scripture. I'm going to quote it, but I'm going to use it a little bit later as well. It says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins as well. 
I've got a lot of scripture this morning. Uh, so if you go to the Bible app, if you're interested in grabbing it and saving it, you can actually go to the events and open the Bible app and follow along. And you can make your notes in there as well. It's always good to make notes and go back over them. It's such an interesting area we're going to step into this morning. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you accept him as your King. And therefore you enter a kingdom. So we move out of one kingdom into another kingdom. And I don't think we actually grasp it. I think we struggle with it. I know when I was a young Christian, the thought of worshipping something, I struggled with it. I thought, why would a God a conceited want that? What is just out of, why do I have to worship God? Is it just, what does he want? But you have to understand you're moving into a kingdom. We're shifting kingdoms. We're shifting from the kingdom of the world to the kingdom of God. And I'd love us to catch it. I'd love us as Christians to catch this concept that we're in a different kingdom. You see, it says in Genesis 3.17, and this is what God reversed. Now, you have to understand that there's some things happened in Genesis that affect us, us for our whole lives. In Genesis 3, 17, he said to the man, since you listened to your wife and ate from those, the fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you'll struggle to scratch a living from it. When you live in the old kingdom, that scripture's true. But you have to understand that every curse was broken at the cross. But if you don't believe it, you'll live in the curse. And God wants us to move from that kingdom into his kingdom. One of the things I've found is that the enemy and other people will try to convince me against the call of God. And that's what happened to poor old Adam. Now, it's really Adam's fault because I love what God said there. Of course, you listen to your wife. Now, men, you should listen to your wives, okay? The problem with Adam was he didn't actually tell Eve that she wasn't supposed to eat of the tree. God told Adam. And there was a communication problem in the marriage. <laughs> and then Eve got the blame. <laughs> I won't go there because I'll dig too many holes. You see, but sometimes the people we associate with cause us to stumble. And I'm really interested to look at people's lives as a pastor and I look at people's lives and where they associate. And it's interesting how people can stay associated with a group of people when God's called them out of that into other people. That's not, please don't take this that you don't associate with the world or anything like that or you don't disengage with friends or anything like this. But sometimes we've got to lift ourselves out of where we were to go where God wants us to go because the people we're associating with will want to hold us back where we are. Now, we have great families. Maura and I have fantastic families. But one of the things we found is when we wanted to go into the ministry, People didn't think that was a good idea. I had a fantastic job. I was the CEO of a company, earning ridiculous money and traveling the world. And people thought, well, why would you want to go? I mean, it's actually my boss who was the managing director of this company. And he said to me when I told him that I was going into the ministry, he was a Christian guy. He said, Ken, do you realize what you're doing? Try to stop the call of God. And sometimes people will, certainly the devil will, the devil makes it really, God makes it really clear. The devil comes to rob, kill, steal and destroy. 
and stop you from entering your destiny. That's why sometimes we get stuck in the old kingdom because we're listening to the wrong people instead of listening to God. And God wants us to step into this new kingdom. Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But sometimes we choose to stay there. And I just sense this year, God wants us to step from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He wants Christians to understand of who, where the kingdom is and how to actually step into that. And how to open the doors of the kingdom to the abundance of a kingdom that Jesus says he'll provide for us and he'll look after us. But you know what? In the kingdom of God, there's laws. And you've got to live by the laws. And the laws aren't difficult. They're really, really simple. And Jesus put it this way. He said, love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. On this hang the law and the prophets. So first of all, we've got to actually change our mind around loving people because sometimes I don't think we do. I notice sometimes in my life, someone might be driving really slowly through Toowoomba <laughs> and stopping at the roundabouts and I might find myself having an attitude. Anyone like that? No. Nah. No. Or how about when you go down to Grand Central and there's parking spots everywhere and someone decides just to stop and wait. And I, you know, I had a few thoughts run through my mind this week. And God thought, God's thoughts weren't those thoughts. But he adjusted my thoughts to help me understand that I have to love people. I remember when I uh, first put up a value, and some of you may have heard this, we had a value in our church uh, we had in Sydney, and the value was we changed our values uh, from, our first value was loving people who were born again, spirit-filled and water baptised, that was what the value was, and God really sorted me out a little bit like that, around that. He said, well, I thought you loved people, and so he was type of saying, well, maybe it needs to be more than just Christians we like. So... We changed our value to we value people, every race, every colour, every creed. And we value them by showing the love of God. And I remember we wrote that value and I walked into a Hungry Jacks down there at a place called Campsy. We were on our way back from a very spiritual conference, our, our annual conference of our movement. And uh, I walked in and to buy the kids food as we travelled 12 hours and we didn't feel like cooking when we got home. So Hungry Jacks was the better option because the burgers are better at Hungry Jacks. And... And I walk in and there's this girl in full garb of Muslim girl, that young lady. Full black, full black little slot. And I remember walking in and my first thought that came to my head was idiot. And the second thought that came to my head was I thought you valued people. And God really slapped me. Sometimes our opinions and our thoughts can stop us from the kingdom of God. It's not difficult to live in the kingdom. But we actually have to realise we've got to live in the kingdom. The key to the kingdom is faith. Yeah. Hebrews 11 chapter 6 says this, But without faith it's impossible to please him. 
For who comes to God must first must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want you to just catch that for a minute. If you step into the kingdom with faith, you can expect an outcome. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One of the things I've found about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world is that I can walk into my, my, to work. Now work's here for me, but I can walk in and I can go, wow, I'm now working and step out of the kingdom of God and go into my natural thinking and natural ability. I know when I worked in, in, as the CEO of a company, it was so easy to step back into doing it my way rather than doing it his way. But he, he says he's going to be a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And what that means is as we go about our life, well, no matter what we're doing, we seek God. And we have a promise. The promise is that he will reward us. And people go, oh, God's busy. Why would he have to reward me? He wants to. I learned years ago, and I, and I still do this, that I can pray for a parking spot. And I love messing with people's heads with it because I pray for a parking spot and get one. I took Alec, who's sitting on the front row down to, down to Toowoomba one day, didn't I, mate? And said, let's just pray for a parking spot. And he'd top a hurt. <laughs> but we got one. Messed with his head, he's an engineer. <laughs> we love engineers. I pay about about it all the time, but thank God for engineers. They make things work. But you know what God said to me about parking spots? He said, Ken, why do you just believe for parking spots? You can believe for anything. And so often we limit ourselves by limiting what we believe God for. But God wants us to ask for big things. He's a big God. What are you asking God for? Ask God for big things. I think about high fields and I think about the 100 acres we've bought there. And really it's a miracle. When you look at it, you buy 100 acres for $3,050,000. That's what we paid for it. Incredible, really. And they've got to believe God for the 25 million now to build it. But he's done it here. Why won't he do it there? We've got more than $25 million worth of buildings on this site. So why wouldn't we believe that he'll do it again? Yeah. If we believe. So there's laws of living in the kingdom. One of the laws of living is explained out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 32. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you'll eat or drink or worry about your body or what you'll wear. It's, is life more than food? And the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store anything in barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can one of you, by adding a single hour to your life, can one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They are, do not labour or spin, yet, yet you that even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed was dressed like one of these. Not even. Must be the first, mustn't it? I didn't even, I went to bed at nine. Moira stayed up to midnight, but so I haven't got an excuse. Um, so, I'll tell you that again. Yet, I, you, that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow it is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Interesting 
that that gets put in there when we talk about faith is the key to the kingdom. So do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows you need what you need. It's interesting to put that scripture into um, context. It's actually taken out of the book of Matthew where the verse finds itself in what's known as the Sermon of the Mount. So Jesus is preaching this Sermon on the Mountain and he's placed this passage about seek first the kingdom of God. And Jesus shares a variety of teaching on a myriad of subjects throughout the Sermon on the Mount. And, one of them, and some of them are things like divorce, prayer, revenge, swearing oaths, adultery, murder, give to the needy, and more on the law. And more and more he actually explains that about kingdom living. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, he puts this. And this is so interesting that he's put this in the middle. And this is the blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, people say, what is poor in spirit? Can I just get you to change that to blessed are the humble? Because sometimes we try and work out what poor in spirit means. But actually, when you study it out a little bit, you'll find blessed are the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We don't enter the kingdom of heaven through pride. We enter it through being humble. And you see, we can live in the world, we can live in the, the kingdom of the world with pride. And we see a lot of that, don't we? You see a lot of pride in the kingdom of the world. You know, Frank Sinatra, for some of, the, some of us will know that name, he did it his way. But to step into the kingdom, we need to be humble. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I think that's so important. And I say this in funerals all the time. If you, if you hear a funeral service of mine, I tell everybody they should mourn and grieve because they'll be comforted by God. You see, mourning is God's healing process. And sometimes, particularly as men, we bottle it up and we don't mourn. But it comes out somewhere and it usually comes out at home. So blessed are the mourn. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be the sons of God. Sons of God. I want you to notice that word there is peacemaker, not peaceful. Because sometimes we think, oh, well, I've just got to get the peace, you know. Let's just be peaceful. No, no, peacemaking is hard work. If you've ever had a fight in the family, you know making peace is hard work. Sometimes you get that crazy army at Christmas time. Making peace is that hard work. I know from our, our own family, when, when my parents died, we had to make some peace. And it's hard work. And sometimes it takes years to actually do. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think that's so important in the world we live in right now that you will cop a bit of persecution as Christians. We had a, I, I'm chair of a, our university now as well because I've got nothing better to do in life. So the movement gave me another job. Uh, and so I'm chairing our college. It's, it lost $1.3 million last year. So it's a significant rebuild. And uh, one of the things I heard from the one of the staff members as they were doing a expo at a, school, at a school when the parents came in and they had their Christian Heritage College sign up and there was a woman with her child and she directed the child around because it had Christian on it. And they get it. The world doesn't get it because we get 
persecuted, we get sold as people who are bigots. And, but certainly that's not what Jesus said, did he? He said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples by your love. The keys to the kingdom, the law of the kingdom is that we love God with all of our heart, as we've said, and love your neighbour as yourself. So we should be the most attractive people in the world. We should be. When you think about that, there's various subjects throughout that scripture. But he draws a distinction from the kingdom of God versus the kingdom, versus the, the life lived in the kingdom of this world. He's showing the people a new reality available to them in the kingdom of God. No longer are they on their own. No longer are you on your own. It's interesting, isn't it? We enter the kingdom and he will meet every need without begging or striving. One of the things I've found about my family is my kids don't have to beg. My kids just say, hey, Dad. And I say, yeah, especially now they've got grandkids. <laughs> so interesting. It's never about begging. And so often we go to God begging. Oh, God, please. When he just wants us to be blessed, he wants us to get step out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom where he is our king, he is our father. And walk in that blessing. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 12 to 13 says that at this time you are without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And I think sometimes we don't understand we have a promise in the new covenant that we walk in. Having no hope and without God in the world but now Christ Jesus you were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We step into the new covenant because what Jesus did on the cross. He actually has reversed the curse. But we've got to choose to live in it. Remember that scripture in Mark that I put up before. But it said this, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. You see, to step into and work in the kingdom, we need forgiveness to be operating our life. It's a real challenge, isn't it? If you've ever been badly hurt, if someone's done something to you, and sometimes I hear stories as a pastor and I go, I don't know how people are alive when they've been through what they've been through. But to see that forgiveness flow and to see the freedom from forgiveness is so, so important. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean that you let them back into your life if they've hurt you badly. You still remember, you still put up boundaries that you live the life by. Because sometimes we misinterpret that and go, oh, well, I've got to let them back into my life and do that. I remember a friend of ours years ago, she was married, got married young, had a child, dropped out of university. Her husband would beat her up. Actually, he'd strip her naked in the morning and take all of her clothes so she couldn't go out. That's how bad her marriage was. Horrible. 
and you know, she went to a church and the counsellor at the church, this is after a number of years of having four children and decided that she has to get out of that situation. And she went to a church counsellor and the counsellor said, well, you've got to go back to your husband. No, she doesn't. And she didn't, thank God. We counselled her and amazing woman she is. But she's got forgiveness. She walks in the freedom of forgiveness. And sometimes we've got to allow forgiveness to come. We choose each day how we live. We can live in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. And my heart is this year that we live in the kingdom as a church and as a people. It's incredible power when we're in the kingdom. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 20 says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them my Father in, by their, my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. There's something incredibly powerful about agreement in people and in church. He's talking about Christians. The world right now is trying to pull people out of church. The average attendance from church now is once every four weeks. And that's the enemy's way of trying to stop that scripture coming to pass. Because where we agree, where we say our corporate prayers, where we agree, agree together as we lead in every service, we pray for our prayer requests, we agree there's power in it. When you're in your small groups and, and in our small groups, we should ask every week, what can we pray for? Because where we agree, it says it'll be done. That's the power of the church. Not the building, the people that gather together, the corporate and the small group. So, so important. You know, in the law of the kingdom, there's something powerful about giving. Now, we receive our tithes and the tithe says, if you read Malachi, it says, if you bring your tithe into the storehouse, the windows of heaven will be open. Moira and I have experienced in our life where we tithe every week or every fortnight where we're paid. We see the windows of heaven open to us. We've got story after story after story of what God does. And then when we give our giving, you see, we give above our tithe. And I'm only talking about our life. You see, it's a revelation that has to happen. But I know it's powerful if you can catch it. If you mix your prayers with your giving. Ephesians 3 says this, When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, in, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources. It's not limited. He's unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Uh, that Christ will make his home in your hearts and as you trust in him. Your roots will go down in God's love and keep you strong. Now, I want you to notice that, that as you trust in Him, uh, it seems to be as time, you make room in your hearts as you trust Him, your roots will go down in God's love. It takes a process and it's okay. It's okay to let the process happen. But you see, as we get our roots down, as we get our roots down into the Kingdom of God, we can expect things to happen. And keep you strong that you may have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love is. 
may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, that you will be made complete with all fullness of life. God wants you to live a full life. The enemy wants you to live a narrow life. God wants you to live a full life. The power, and the power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. What are you asking God for? What are you thinking about? Because sometimes I think we miss out because we haven't asked. You have not, Scripture says, because you ask not. And sometimes I think we get pushed so small that we don't want to ask for big things, yet our Heavenly Father wants us to walk in blessing. See, as we give and as we mix our prayer with it, I love what happened in Cornelius. Now, Cornelius in the book of Acts was a Roman soldier. He wasn't necessarily a believer in a Jewish term as a Judaism. But he, he trusted God. And this is what it said in Acts 10.1. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard by your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. You see, God notices what we do. He does. And if we mix prayer and our giving and believing, we can see God do amazing things. You see, your offerings, what you do come, become a memorial before your heavenly Father. Isn't that interesting? We say in the church, and you'll hear us say sometimes we receive an offering, so don't throw. Because so often we throw. Oh yeah, that's just what I do. No, no, no. We sow. We intentionally give. And God honours that. We live to give, not give to get. I think that's really important. Because so often... There's been teaching where you give to get. No, 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 we live to give. It's out of the living to give that the, the abundance comes, not out of giving to get. It's not the check in the mail. It's not um, money's going to fall from heaven. There's actually no money in heaven. <laughs> money is a system of the world that God uses. But as we start to mix our faith with our giving, I love what Proverbs 8, 11 and 12 said, For wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not compared to it. I, I wisdom, dwell with the prudence and find, out of, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. I love that scripture of witty inventions. You see, God wants to give you ideas of how to go about things. And so often we leave Him out of our daily life, yet He wants to give us the process of how to do life well. The witty inventions, the thinking that comes. When you're lying in bed, all of a sudden you get this thought, or you're having a shower when you're. That's when God speaks to me and the witty inventions. My mind switches off for a minute. You get these witty inventions, you get these thoughts. You see, some people think, oh, well, I'm just, God's going to bless me. I've got to do nothing. No, 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 no. God says, hey, if you don't work, you don't eat. But He gives us the tools of how to do life well. 
couple other scriptures before I finish. Isaiah 45, 3, And I'll give you the treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I'll do this so many of you will know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who, who, the one who calls you by name. See, God blesses us because he wants you to know that he's Lord. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The best blessings of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So interesting, isn't it? Some people really struggle. And I know when the church talks about money and people struggle with the thought of money, but you understand it's the kingdom of God. It's not the money. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to live in his kingdom. And it's not just money, is it? Because we know money doesn't buy you happiness. But it's the blessings of God that flow from the kingdom that we prosper in all things just as our soul prospers. 3 John 2. God wants you to have a prospering soul. When you plant your seeds in 2023, know what you're sowing for. I really encourage you if you gave to any offering, because one of the things that frustrates me as a pastor, I've seen it for years where you can get according to the emotion of an offering and People will give something that God never required of them. They get caught in the emotion and then they get disappointment. But if you sow, and I want you to grab hold of the promises of God and believe God for the abundance to come to you in business, that you get witty inventions. If you're in your life, you get witty inventions, how to go about life well to take hold of the promises of God. Matthew 13, 23. But he who received the seed on good ground, and he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60 and some 30. All through the scriptures, you'll read that God wants you to increase. He wants you to be blessed. But it happens in the kingdom of God, not in the kingdom of the world. And so often we want to work in the kingdom of the world and exclude the kingdom of God. So we started with goals and New Year's resolutions. And mixing faith with those goals and parting believing God. I encourage you to take hold of the promises that God has for you. And honestly, this book is full of promises. Full of them. Full of promises. But if we don't take hold of them, we don't get them. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 17 to 22 says this, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honour are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, fine, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I transverse the ways of the righteous in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. So God's heart for you when he went to the cross is we step from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And I know people struggle with that. But it's much more than just saying, Jesus, be my Lord and be my saviour. 
He actually wants to take you somewhere where there's incredible blessing. And all those promises we just read out, you notice what they're promises of? Promises that you'll prosper. But somehow we've got to actually get ourselves to cross that line of the kingdom into his kingdom. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room to come to celebrate today your goodness. Father, as we have so many things to place before you, that God, you're such a big God. That you're a God who meets our needs according to your riches in glory. That's what it says. God, you want us to prosper. You want us to be in health. That at the cross, not only did you take our sin, you broke the curse. Father, you gave us our, our healing through your stripes, through the whipping you took. Father, we thank you for everything you've done for us as we step into this year, Father, that is a year of blessing. Father, I pray for every person in this church today that they are blessed. They catch the revelation of who you are and the kingdom of God. That they step out of the kingdom of the world into your kingdom. Hey, just while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, and we do this in every service, and we do it because you matter so much to God and you matter to us. But maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you've been in church all your life, but you've never actually said, Jesus, I want to know you. See, it's not a religious experience, it's a relationship with your heavenly Father, the kingdom of God. I want to give you that opportunity today. And the way we do that here is, just while no one's looking around, to make a decision to say, yes, Jesus, I want to know you. Or maybe today, because it's New Year's Day, you've made a New Year's resolution to come back to church. And you're here. Maybe it's time to say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life. So right across this room right now, if that's you, and you want to make a commitment to Jesus, you want to ask him into your life, I'd love you to raise your hand so I can see it, so I can pray for you. Just like look across this room. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you so much. So good. Awesome. Look across this room right now. See that hand at the back. Thank you. Right across this room. See that hand over there. Thanks so much. Don't delay, I don't want to delay it, but honestly, you're too, too important. Just one more moment. Take your home without him, friend. Last time this morning, I'm asking, if that's you, would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? Fantastic. Let's pray together. Hey, if you raised your hand, I'd love you to pray this prayer. It's a heartfelt prayer, a simple prayer, an incredibly powerful prayer. If you pray it and believe that Jesus is who He says He is, He's going to come into your life and your life is going to change. So pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my Saviour. Forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. And God, I ask you to make yourself so real to me. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.